Yeah, I finally saw it. I finally saw Diane. Yeah, you know, I was checking, I was logging, um, I watched uh, Sleepy Hollow last night and I was watching, I was logging that in my um, letterboxed thing and uh, um, I noticed that you, you only gave it three stars. You were you were trolling you were trolling my letterboxed. I knew you would. I, I, I don't have that many connections <laughs> on letterboxed and I just saw, you know, your thing pop up on my home screen. So I was like, hmm, yeah. well, they gave it three stars, huh? Yeah. Couldn't I live did. up to the hype, huh? No, I mean there I mean seriously, and I say this with all the honesty in the world, there was not enough Paul Riser. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, his role is not unlike the um, the Alec Baldwin role in uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, in that he, he wasn't originally in it. Right. I, I had read that um, he went to with another friend to audition for the movie yeah, and he, asked him if he wanted to audition, too. Mm-hmm. And he's clearly the one who was most skilled at improvising of all those actors. There, um, there are so many great scenes with him in it. The, the, the sandwich scene, you, you're gonna eat yeah. that. You get, yeah. you know, you, your problem is you, you have roast beef. It's like it's, you know, it's, 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 it, in there, it's stuck in your, your heart. There, it's, you know, yeah. Well, it's funny. It's because Kristen's like, that's you. <laughs> Wait, Kristen's like, like, like you're the polarizer. Like, yeah, it, 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 it stung a little. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> That um that I'm the Paul Riser that I'm the one who, um, doesn't ask but is asking clearly asking for the roast beef sandwich. Do you, do you want the sandwich? Do you just just say the words? Do you say the, I want the sandwich? <laughs> and she is clearly the Steve Goonberg. Uh, and <laughs> And Monday she will listen to the, she will listen to what I just said. Your <laughs> <head>. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I it's you're you're not the first person though. We we were we were you know chatting about this briefly last night. You, you're not the first person to say that I'm the the Daniel Stern character, mm-hmm. um, Shrevey. Um, yeah, he... nobody ever thinks I'm the Mickey Rourke character. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> that is a good thing on many levels, sir. You except for you that one have... time that I did the popcorn box move. No, I'm I'm kidding. Wait, you... I, I've never done the popcorn <laughs> box say. move. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I I wouldn't be bold enough to try such shenanigans. Uh so Who would, other than Mickey Rourke? I think, you know. Apparently that only works in the movie Diner and in porn show and porn movies. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that that uh, I mean, I don't know. It's that that uh, that group of guys and a lot of those stories in there was was taken from um, uh, uh, God. How can I suddenly blank on uh, Barry, Barry Levinson? Levinson's life? Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, I, I, I liked it. Okay. I, um, I just, um, I don't, it didn't gel for me. Like I hoped it would. It didn't, 
and I realize it's meant to be vignettes, not this continuous plot. Um, I, I maybe it's just because if I had seen it twenty years ago, like apparently I should have, I probably would have enjoyed it more when I, you know. Yeah, I, don't, I, I seem yeah. to be drawn. It, it doesn't to that. carry. Here, let's. It doesn't let's, hold up. Let's. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, let's let's intro the show. <laughs> this is what the fork. I'm Jared. I'm Jason. Okay. Uh, all the the business. You you start. I'm a little I'm a little thrown right now by your it doesn't hold up thing. <laughs> I gotta refill my coffee. No, I mean it doesn't hold up to today's. It wouldn't hold up like as in. Do do the Twitter it, shit. I'll do the Twitter shit. <laughs> That's a good band name, Twitter shit. <laughs> um, all right, so you can find us at uh, Twitter and um, Instagram at What the Fork Pod. Um, you can email us at What the Fork Pod at gmail dot com. Um, this uh, this guy Jared Duran can be found at LTD underscore engagement. You can find um, this other the, guy at. Uh, oh, I interrupted you. See, I'm, yeah. I'm way off my game. I, I, um, I think I'm going to blame the coffee. Uh, and drop the underscore like it's hot for the instas, um, where you can see him, you know, kind of um, just upset that, you know, I apparently didn't like his little movie. Uh, well, okay, yeah, you, you can helps. you can find this person who has no taste at uh, <laughs> at Jason E Kyle K E I L on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. I, so with that out, oh, and and uh, rate and review the podcast if you'd be so kind. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars and write whatever the <laughs> fuck you want for a, a review. Um, and apparently, I'm coming in hot today. Um, and, uh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> and and you're gonna get clearly like very two different vibes. I am uh, nearly finished with an entire uh, a carafe, as you can see, Jason. Of uh, oh my of goodness, coffee, uh, and you're drinking a white claw. So I'm expecting that you're you're gonna be slightly <laughs> more relaxed than I am. Uh, I may after, talk faster uh, than usual after spending the morning getting groceries and other. Much needed goods for my home and my and my family. So it's been it hasn't been um, obviously it's not as stressful as the morning as it has been for you because you're drinking all that coffee. Um, but you know, I, I've had to I've had to cut down tremendously on on coffee. Yeah, silence your phone there, buddy. Um, this is a professional podcast. <laughs> well, tell the politicians to stop calling me. Um, I then voted. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that we'll get to that in a sec. But uh, I, I have had to cut way back on my. Co- I haven't had any coffee all week to this point. Um, that, that's another thing that, and I think it has to do. It, you know, this may, um, this may, as I get, you know, as I'm now able to to walk on two feet again. Uh, and eventually start running. Once I get back to being more physically active, the coffee may not have such an effect. But I've noticed lately um, that I, I've been having tremendous trouble sleeping. And when I mm-hmm. when I cut out the coffee for a little while, hey, guess what? That went away. So um, your, your, the quality of sleep seemed to seem to get better. So um, 
anyway, I, I needed the, the, the little, little, uh, caffeine rush, apparently big caffeine rush today. Um, but okay. So brief sidebar to the, uh, the, the phone calls and the text from, from politicians and people, you know, wanting you to vote yay or nay on propositions. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm fucking sick of it. I'm done. I, I don't need, there's, there's nothing that turns me off more than, you know, can I count on your vote? You know what? Fuck you. I'm going to vote because mm-hmm. I need to. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's my responsibility. Uh, I don't need your fucking texts. So yeah. anyway, back to diner. What do you mean oh. it doesn't fucking hold up? No, no, I should say, let me, let me fix it. That's why I said it couldn't be made today. I should say that. Okay. It couldn't be made today. All right. That's all. Like, it's, it's like every Bond movie made before 1995. Um, well, I mean. It just, you, it, it doesn't, it wouldn't hold up to the climate that is now. Um, uh, putting, putting the penis in the popcorn would not fly. But um, okay, let's let's look at this but contextually I mean, though, and I don't mean specific right, right. to this film. Does that mean and you know, I I I am very uh, you know, apparently I have to preface everything by saying I'm a very progressive and liberal person now. Does that As mean <laughs> that you can't make a a contextually accurate film set in the in the 50s? Oh, no, I think you can. I I just I, I just um, it didn't. Um, I didn't connect with it. I think it, I think some of it had a lot to do with it because I've never put the pants. You're not Jewish popcorn. enough. Well, that's um, true. <laughs> I, there were some Gentiles in that film. There were a couple: <laughs> T- Tim Daly and 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 Mickey Rourke, notably. Well, and Kevin Bacon. So Kevin Bacon. Yeah, it's like half so, the crew, half and half. But I've I've never gotten so drunk that I've laid in my underwear in the cold of, in the cold of night in in the manger um, as the manger. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, that's a oh. him running around in his underwear with the sheep, uh, yeah. brandishing the sheep at them. That's hysterical. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was good. I I, I mean, it wasn't like I just um. I don't think it could have lived up to the hype that you had put upon it. If I had just seen it casually, like on a Saturday afternoon. Um, but two years of buildup. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to getting it back eventually so that I can watch it again. Well, um, I'll, I'll, I'll drop it off on the second floor. That's, uh, that's definitely one of those comfort films for me. And, and I tend to, you know, for some reason, I really like that kind of film. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's just because not you know there's not a lot of stuff that happens in it. It's it's mostly about no. these people having conversations, right? You know, they meet in the diner and they shoot the shit. Um, yeah. You know, it's that that kind of uh, you know it, it, it's it's why so many of uh, Raymond Carver's uh, stories appeal to me. It's it's why you know. Mm-hmm. I don't, why I like uh, Richard Linklater and uh, 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 what's um, what's her name Julia or um, the the Julie sun, Delpy the, yeah Julie Delpy uh, the the sunrise sunset you know the before trilogy um, yeah 
is that, and it's honestly, it's it's a big reason that I I like the good place too. Is that there's, I don't know, uh, there's just I don't I for me to really get into a film, I don't need a lot to happen other than there to be an interesting dialogue. No, and I mean, I didn't expect like the world to change. I didn't, you know, or anything like that. But um, it was kind of cool to see like all these actors so young. Um, I Mickey Rourke looking rather normal. Yeah, um, pre-plastic oh, surgery. Yeah, and uh, Alan Barkin uh, kind of um, just and giving a really authentic performance. I liked her so much in that movie. Yeah, I like Daniel Stern to a degree, his character to a degree. Um, I think it's the I, best role Daniel Stern ever ever had. To be you honest, you obviously have never seen Rookie of the Year, sir. <laughs> that is correct. I have not. I have never seen Rookie of the Year. <laughs> That's a joke. It's he's he he directed it and he plays the goofiest. Uh, he plays the goofiest pitching coach that uh, would explain why the Cubs have been. We're at that time the most terrible team in the I see in baseball for so long. Um, he's somebody who I, I think can be fantastic when he's not playing so broad. I mean, mm. you know, when he's doing mm. like the Home Alone character or when he's doing, um, you know, his city slicker shtick, it's, you know, um, I, I just I think that. You know, have you seen, have you seen, um, oh shoot, what's that 80 Bryant show? Oh, Shrill. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say, I like him as the dad in Shrill. He's fantastic as um, the dad in Shrill. Yeah, and I revisited City Slickers a few weeks back too. And I, um, I like that movie a lot. Uh, I still do. Um, that one holds up better than I thought it would. Hmm. Um, so, but, I, I, maybe it just had to do. Um, it's been a long week. Um, I always went to back to school and in person learning. Um, yeah, how are you, how are you guys doing with that? Oh, we're okay. Um, we realized uh, this week the hard way that um, our other car uh, you have to you know use it once in a while for it to start. Uh. <laughs> and we haven't used it in about maybe twice in seven months. Um, so that um, kind that, of that'll require a jump start. Yeah. So we had um, I had to we actually had to walk to pick him up uh, and take him home, which is about a mile or so away. That's a big um, walk for a little guy. He was fine. He was so full of energy that he he didn't care. So it's apparently a big walk for you. <laughs> Uh, probably more more of a long time for my nearly two year old gotcha. um, because he I mean, he's not walking but he's in the sun and still gets a hundred degrees here in Phoenix so I mean it's no he's and he's hydrating he's just yeah still a long time um but um no um. And he's just happy to be around kids again, like his age. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so um, he's just he's just fine. In fact, yesterday I went to pick him up in the car, 
after I went to vote. Um, and um, he wanted to walk home and he threw a fit when he couldn't. I'm like, dude, like when the weather gets colder, maybe we'll start doing that every once in a while, but not today. <laughs> so it's been, it's been kind of fun seeing that happen. Um, but yeah, he's fine. I think it's going to be fine. We're, we're not worried so much about him. Just worry about us maybe contracting it. Though um, I went to the doctor on Tuesday. Um, and the first thing that you see when you go to the doctor is we are not doing COVID tests. Hmm. Uh, I'm like, so like, okay. <laughs> and I said, so is there anything else we can do for you? I'm like, I understand that you're not doing COVID tests. And I'm like, no, and even if you had it, like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. It would make me feel better. <laughs> are, are they doing, uh, do you have to do like a temperature check and so forth to get in? Oh yeah. 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 Gotta do that stuff. Um, like if you've had done things, but it's like, um, it's like Marin was saying the other day, uh, I think we were talking to Wayne coin and, and, interview i wasn't even gonna listen to but it was, but it was a great talk right yeah yeah but that's the thing is like i 20 like 10 minutes in i started balling um it was surprisingly poignant yeah <laughs> um like I, but i'm like i'm always like afraid like i'm going to be the guy i'm going to be the guy that gives to somebody i'm this prayer <laughs> so um, i i, I, I thought know. you know I, I thought it was funny that that wayne coin is 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 uh Staying at a at one of Miley Cyrus's mansions. <laughs> <laughs> of course, those two are like BFFs. Um, I had no idea. And I'm not a huge Flaming Lips oh, fan, so oh, neither neither am I. But I know enough to know that they have collaborated several times. Oh yeah, um, I, I had no idea. And um, hmm. but uh, yeah, um, yeah, I was I wasn't even going to listen to. It. I just wanted to listen to the intro. Um, and then I just got hooked as I often do. And just Wayne Coyne said the most wonderful things to him. And yeah, it was really nice. I think that's what got me. Um, anyway, now that you're done saying awful things to me, should we talk about the good place? No, what I didn't say awful things to you. I just said you're wrong. That's all. (laughs) 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 You know, we don't, we don't say there's a better way you could phrase that. You don't have that's, to say that I'm wrong. No, that's you true. Just say, it's just right. your opinion. That's all. Um, you just say, I'm not wrong, but you're not right. And, yeah. and I, I get what you're coming from. <laughs> I do want to see, um, though, to be honest, I do want to see um, the rest in the quartet. Um, I haven't seen 10 men. I know I have. I think I've seen Avalon. I, I yeah, I haven't long. seen Tim Men either. Avalon is great though. Um, yeah, I think Avalon's the one I really want to see, and Liberty Heights looks really good. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. So I've I've seen half of them. Um, mm-hmm. What well, kind yeah. of what kind of Barry Levinson fan are you? But seriously though, the one thing that I just saw was like there was not enough Paul Reiser. Like, <laughs> <laughs> The thing he gives at the end, like the the speech that plays over the credits, that's mainly just 
the Paul Reiser stand-up routine. Yeah, he's he's doing um, his he's doing bits. Yeah, he, he's clearly doing bits, and I just um, that was enjoyable. Um, I just wish like the entire run of Mad, Mad About You could have like lived up to that. <laughs> you know, man, that's I. I I was thinking about this. I was thinking of of gifting you the uh, the Mad About You complete series um, because really, after yeah. I, with all that we talk about it, that should be the next show that we do. <laughs> um, no, I'm just saying. No, I mean, it's 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 such it's such a centerpiece of our conversations, or it has been. And to be honest, you've made it more so than me. Um, which is odd. Because since... it's fun to troll you about it, dude. <laughs> <sighs> That's why the whole Twitter account was just a thing to like. <laughs> <laughs> which I almost forgot to do that this morning. <laughs> it's usually the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. I'm like, going, oh, yeah, today's not Paul Reiser's birthday. It's whenever I, I can... get the notification. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just one more, it's, it's how I start off my day by saying motherfucker. <laughs> like when, like how am I going to plan for a gift? So you got time. I'll tell you this. You got but time. Really? I mean, this, this should turn into us just discussing Paul Reiser's oeuvre. So I did finish for Oaks. Um, by the way, uh, I finished for Oaks, finished Shit's Creek. Um, so if there ever was a time to start mad about you, I guess it would be the time. But, but you have I'm to not. get the DVDs now in order to in order to watch it because it's not on I, any streaming service. Yeah, I I mean I you could do that. I I just I I have I don't it's I rather you know, yank it toenail. It's it's not it's not what we're gonna do. I'm just saying that it's almost okay. like it's what we should do. Uh, so you know what I watched uh, the other day that um, I saw it pop up as being available on Prime. And I was like, you know, uh-huh. what? I haven't seen this in a long time. I wonder if I still like it because I remember liking it a lot the first time I saw it. Was bringing out the dead. Oh, um, you know, when I was on a Schrader kick last like a few months ago. I, our good friend Jason Woodbury uh, recommended that I watch that. I think it's. And he was going to loan me, and he was going to loan me his copy. Well, you um, can watch it on but, Prime now. Well, that's good to know. Um, so when I'm having an existential crisis, which happens quite a bit, that's um, that's a good one to to go down a a, a rabbit hole with because that that that's a fucked up movie. Uh, it's I, I really like it. I think it falls into the category of one of Nick Cage's best. Um, yeah, I mean the the script is so strong, and there's there are so many bizarre things that his overacting. He's kind of in his element because it's just such a batshit yeah. film that that his that his caginess, as it were, um, it works. Because like with Scorsese being a Scorsese movie. Written by Paul Schrader. Yeah, would Scorsese kind of temper that? Well, that I, I think he does temper it somewhat. Um, yeah. it, it just it Cage's performance verges on being too camp. Um, okay, and it's it's reined in just enough, I think. 
Um, because and the supporting the, the co- supporting cast is so fucking good in it too. John Goodman, Bing Rames, yeah. uh, Tom Sizemore, even. Uh, it's yeah. it they're they're all and and Patricia Arquette who, I you know sometimes I think she's amazing and sometimes I'm like wow she can't act her way out of a paper bag, um, and <laughs> and this is one where I don't think she gives a a great performance you know it's it's no uh, it's no Lost Highway, um, but <laughs> nothing is, uh, but it also it also works you know, for her. And I think that this was, I think this took place during, uh, their relationship, Cajun and Arquette. Oh yeah. Well, that's the reason why KG's Cage's caginess is one of the big reasons why the Coens will never work with him again. Like, cause they, he can't, he, he can't deliver what they want. Like he, he would want to do more. I mean, he's perfect for raising Arizona, but I could see, I mean, once they kind of get out of that mode, you know, once, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, because wasn't, wasn't that their last one before Fargo? No, so they did raising Arizona, and then it was uh, Miller's Crossing, Barnfink. Those two came afterwards? Hudsucker Proxy. Yeah, and then Hudsucker Proxy. Um, oh. There were three after Raising Arizona. And then Fargo was sort of like the comeback movie. because Which Hush is Jack crazy because is those, flop. those three films are amazing. I well, think yeah, those are three I mean, of their best films. I watch those three films more often than I watch Fargo. I, right? I I agree. I, I, I haven't watched Warren Fink in a long ass time. I watched. I took oh man, more. talking about a great John Goodman performance. Oh, um, but uh, Miller's Crossing is just. Oh. That's such a beautiful film. It's such a beautiful look at, and it was Seinfeld's last movie that he filmed for them. Yeah, well, um, and 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 the again the the performances of of the people in there, Albert Brooks, not Albert Brooks, um, Albert Finney. And yeah. uh, 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 Gabriel Byrne, that's Marsha Gay Harden, right? Yep. Um, but yeah, everybody in there is so so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I I wanted to read the. I'm going to start reading the Netflix synopses of these episodes because the way that okay. we're doing these now, as we're doing like clip discussions, we don't really talk about. We don't. We don't give a good. Uh, my my overall plot summaries are too rambling, so yeah. I'm, I'm gonna focus them here. So this is uh, episode three, season four, chillaxing, um, <laughs> which <laughs> I don't remember if either one of us pulled that clip as one we wanted to talk about. But when Michael says that chillaxing, uh, which is a word that he just invented, combining cheaty and relaxing. <laughs> Um, so Chidi's too relaxed so Eleanor and Michael create tension in his life uh, to force him to become a better person Tahani invites John to a spa day so that's that's a pretty concise synopsis I guess it it leaves a lot of uh, out Uh, but you know alright so so let's dive in let me bring my notes back up what are you going to (laughs) do Well, just for argument's sake, what would Kant say 
about your duty to help your fellow human beings. Well, honestly, when the weather is this perfect, I think that Kant would say, who's up for some Frisbee golf? (laughs) 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 Guys, you've got to hear this joke I made about Kant. Never seen you. Okay, I wanted to start off with that section because uh, it's interesting. Because Ch- Chidi's not wrong. Uh, if 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 we're discussing Kant, I I, I pulled um, not from Wikipedia, mind you. I pulled from the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. So I'm upping my game for this episode. Oh, excellent! Um, it's it's when, when now when, we're respectable. Yeah, there we go. That that's what it took. <laughs> perfectly moral world by itself would not constitute our whole and complete good even in the judgment of an impartial uh, of an impartial reason because it is human nature also to need happiness and happiness by itself would not be unconditionally good because moral virtue is a condition of worthiness to be happy so our unconditionally complete uh, end must combine both virtue and happiness in Kant's words Virtue and happiness together constitute possession of the highest good in a person, and happiness distributed in exact proportion to morality, as the worth of a person and his worthiness to be happy, constitutes the highest good of a possible world. It is the ideal world combining complete virtue with complete happiness that Kant normally has in mind when he, when he discusses the highest good. So basically saying that, that, um, that that happiness and morality, you know, are are inexplicably intertwined, right? So, right. Uh, according to Kant, we must conceive of the highest good as a possible state of affairs in order to fulfill our duty to promote it. Uh, here, Kant does not mean that we unavoidably represent the highest good as possible, since his view is that we must represent it as possible only if we are to fulfill our duty of promoting it and yet we may fail at doing our duty. Rather, we have a choice about whether to conceive of the highest good as possible, to regard it as impossible, or to remain noncommittal. But we can fulfill our duty of promoting the highest good only by choosing to conceive of the highest good as possible because we cannot promote, um, we cannot promote any end without believing that it is possible to achieve that end. So, Fulfilling the sum of all moral duties to promote the highest good requires believing that a world of complete virtue and happiness is not simply a phantom of the mind, but could actually be realized. So that's from the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. Um, so I think Chidi's right. Kant would actually be cool with them taking a break to go play Frisbee golf. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, how you interpret that, but... Um, well, how do you uh, how do you interpret it? how you Jer Duran interpret that? Well, well, me with having taken one philosophy class uh, in in my my senior year of high school, um, mm-hmm. you know, w- with all of that knowledge at my disposal, uh, I, I I think that um, <laughs> <laughs> you you underplay your qualifications. <laughs> Go ahead. And I'll tell you what. So that course that I took was was taught by like somebody who I I could see as being like an old version of 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 Brandt. I can't tell you how many times the the teach and rem, and and mind you, this is a fucking high school course. The guy who yeah. was teaching that class 
was this old windbag who was so fucking full of himself and could not stop talking about how he had gone to school at Johns Hopkins University and how great Johns Hopkins, Hopkins University is. And that took me so far out of this fucking course. It just, uh, just turned me off of the whole thing. I'm like, if, 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 if future courses that I take on this are going to be taught by people like this fucker, I'm out. Yeah. So when you take your philosophy uh, course, your next philosophy course at the, at the community college, <laughs> uh, it can't be taught by someone who went to John Hopkins. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I think this, this guy, uh, you know, I think this guy's probably long dead at this point. He was old when, when I was in that class and you know, that was, that was 20 years ago. So, well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, he obviously didn't live up to his potential because he was teaching high school philosophy. Exactly. When he could have been the CEO of a $94 million company. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that had just gotten that, into vulcanized rubber. Um, yeah. <laughs> but back to the the philosophy of it, it, it it's, it's to me... So I, I think that this is actually a very practical thing, right? That the the... Um, that the highest good is not is not entirely unattainable because it mm-hmm. factors in the the desire to be happy and you know it's interesting that there's a phrase in there about you know uh, one's worthiness of being happy, um, and it's it's kind of saying that that there's this recognition that the highest good is not um or it's it's putting the idea in there that the highest good is not unattainable which mm-hmm. i think is interesting uh and yet it's something that you never stop striving for so you know how can something be obtainable that you're you're never actually getting to um right and, and and please, people who are who are uh, uh, you know much more uh, well versed in the philosophy of Kant, uh, correct me in the multiple places that I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that it's 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 uh, I think it promotes realism and morality. You know, I, I take it as work hard, play hard when it comes to being happy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't and know. Making other people happy. So, but I could be wrong on that. Our unconditionally complete end must combine both virtue and happiness. I think that's that's pretty interesting. Anyhow, how do you like that? He was chillaxing, which is the word I just invented, combining cheaty and relaxing. Yeah, I guess once you have the burden of saving humanity removed from your brain, life is dandy. Must be nice, Cheaty. That's what's missing. Cheaty isn't being tortured. As far as he's concerned, he did everything right on Earth, so now he just gets to enjoy himself. If we don't force Cheaty into stressful decision-making, he won't even have the chance to become a better person. Right. You want to make a pearl, you got to get some sand in your clam. Oyster, we need <laughs> Cheaty to live in a world of... Okay, world. so I'm going to pause it there for two reasons. Uh, one, phrasing... <laughs> Clam, clam, what is it? She says, clam in, or was, uh, sand in your clam. Right? Yeah, if yeah. you want to make a pearl, you got to get some sand in your clam. So, um, 
Yeah. In the words of uh, Sterling Archer, phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, uh, side note, have you been watching this season? The new season of, of Archer? Archer? Yeah. No, I, I haven't. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I think I'm caught up to the new season, but I, I haven't, I haven't been watching it. It's, it's the best it's been in about four seasons. Oh, really? Yeah, it's. They go because this is the final especially season, Especially right? last week's episode. Um, I think so. Um, though I mean, with no original programming on the horizon for you know whenever, um, <laughs> who knows? But um, it's been the writing has been really on point. Really, um, especially the last episode. Um, I won't ruin it for you because um, it's taken a few episodes to set up. Um, but um, it's just been, yeah, it's been t- fantastic. Do yourself a favor, binge the first five episodes of this season because it's it's been really good. Uh, what was the and, season uh, be- before this one? Was the season before this one the uh, the the like Casablanca type one? No, it was Space nineteen ninety. It was nineteen ninety nine. Uh, riff on Space. Okay. Shows. All right, I did see that season. Yeah, it, which, which was, was meh. It was okay. Which was yeah. I mean, it wasn't. Danger Island will always be the low point for me because I just was like, what? <laughs> there are parts <laughs> of that one that I liked a lot, but I okay, remember so when I am, Twitter, I'm like, was it supposed to be this bad? Like, am I the only one who thinks it's bad? <laughs> um, but um, the other thing I wrote down uh, was that um, Chidi is pretty much. Uh, a hacky sack away from being a being at a DMB concert. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's as close as as uh, as um, it's as close as Cheaty gets to '90s hipster. Yeah. Well, I mean, just '90s, just '90s uh, jam band guy. Like he's like he's about to go to a fish concert. Like <laughs> I don't know in in that hat. Yeah. Well. Yes, you've have you been to a fish concert? I have a, not. I've, I've or, not been to a fish concert, a Dave Matthews band concert, uh, yeah. a, a, a Grateful Dead. Uh, I, I, yeah. I've, I've not been to any any jam band concert. No, no well, uh, string cheese incident. Nothing. You, you could, and you had an opportunity, if I recall, back when you know, back when I was gainfully employed. And I assigned you to cover the Innings Festival. You could have stayed and watched GMB with me, my friend. I could um, have, but I saw the bands have. I wanted to see. Um, yeah. And and yeah, I'd, I'd been there for a while. Uh, you could have, you could have grabbed a hacky sack, and you and I could have, um, you know, bounced our way to you know enlightenment while listening to um, ants marching. I, I I got my fill of ants marching in '95. Um, it's not, uh, it, that, that my, my Dave Matthews band period didn't last very long. Uh, I, I, I was there, th- I was there through the, uh, the, the, uh, live album with Tim Reynolds. Um, and that was about it. So this isn't a conversation I necessarily wanted to get into and, but I kind of want to ask, um, because it's something I kind of think about a little bit, like, what is it about jam bands? Is it? the music or is it the music, the people that are associated with it? Like what you mean? Like what don't I like about it? Yeah. Like what doesn't interest you? Like what doesn't 
pick you up from what doesn't what doesn't keep you from buying listening to Dave Matthews now? Is it because I'm good? It's just it's just they're just wanking on for a while. It's you know I I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff that as as I, I mentioned, you know, going backwards through through my C D collection, um mm-hmm. a lot of what I've weeded out is stuff that I just you know, I I, I, I thought that uh you know, I thought that I was that guy for a while. Um that would get into that would really indiscriminately get into into everything. I, I, I tried a little bit of metal, I tried a little bit of uh of um uh, you know, some more, uh, you know, I, I, I guess experimental type stuff, you'd say. And mm-hmm. it's just, at the end of it, I, I find that I, I do like a lot of different stuff, but I need there to be something for me to latch on to um, from a melodic standpoint and from a, a lyrical standpoint. And it, it just needs to have something uh, something to it, I guess. Um, and I, I just, I can't, I, I, I couldn't, uh, you know, I don't need a 13 minute violin solo, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't need to hear, uh, I don't know. It just, it, it, it's, it's I, not. I, every time I think that too, and then, I'll end up, then what happens, I'll end up going to a concert like that. And I'll be like, and then it clicks again. Um, like we're, well, like, what I'm is like, it that I, you like about it? Is it the chill vibe? Is it the, uh, is it the, it's, it's the musicianship. Like it's the only place where you can hear like a, a, a 13 minute violin solo. Um, that like can capture your imagination. Um, it's, um, it's stuff like that, that just, it's connecting. It's the ability that it's the opportunity to connect to something that only a certain segment of the population connects to, um, like all day. <laughs> I, sure. I, and as much as I try to steer my way from it, like every so often, like I'll listen to, like I'll listen to something and I'll just get back in again. Um, my fear is, is that I connect to it so much that I have to like obsess about it, like to such a degree where I'm debating how one show differs from another show, um, much like Al Franken does in the beautiful dead documentary they did on Amazon mm. like five, a few years ago. Like I, I, um, but I, I or I'll start touring the country, um, <laughs> uh, uh, following uh, fish or something, uh, and run out of money or <laughs> something know. like that. If if there's something interesting to it, I I, I can I can get behind that. It's mm-hmm. and it's not that I you know that I don't appreciate a good 
a good guitar solo because I do. I just, you know, I, I tend to to appreciate it more if it's something that that I feel contributes something to, um, you know, to to the song itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's 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 the the uh, instrumental equivalent of of of, uh, of masturbation, though. It's like, uh, it, I mean. It just it's something like, you know nothing about. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. So, I'm, I, I, <laughs> even I'm sorry, I, after a while, I'm like, what's the point of this? Um, <laughs> yeah, has to end sometime. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like you know, it's it. You know, I it. It's it, exactly. It has to end sometime, and uh, you know what's the point of dragging it out? You know where it's going, um, and depending on the type of show you're going to, you, you probably have to clean up a little bit afterwards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just went down a bad road. Um, but you know, it's it's like I can. I don't know. I there there. I, I feel like I I I get. It's like you know I I love listening to to jazz, um, mm-hmm. and and you know there uh, there there's some virtuosity in there, and it's like I I you know I I have this uh, great album of um, of solo piano pieces by Ryuichi Sakamoto. Mm-hmm. And it's there's you know I if I want to uh, to have a musician's skill blow my mind I you know I I, I kind of go to that or it's like it's like listening to to squeeze right uh, the, mm-hmm. Glenn Tilbrook's guitar solos are are the perfect amount of of virtuosity to me it's like you know <laughs> it's it it, it it can blow my mind for thirty seconds. And and you know get back into the into the song and and I feel like mm-hmm. it's something that contributes to the the overall impact melodically, um, and it's it's not it's not showing off. I guess I don't know. Maybe that's my my big problem. It's like at some point you're just it's it's like look at the size of my of my guitar solo. Um, I think you know it's <laughs> why why you know what. What 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 purpose does it serve? Well, I think to, I think when Bob Weir goes into a ten minute guitar solo, I don't think he's doing it to show off. I don't think he has to. Um, but there's also almost I, I don't know I, I don't feel like there's a mm-hmm. lot of 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 uh, there's a lot of great technical skill, but I don't feel like I'm getting mm-hmm. any. It it doesn't connect on a gut level. It doesn't connect mm-hmm. on a heart level. It's all thinky guitar solos. You know, he's a great noodler. Um, it, it it's, uh, you know, another example. It's like Nels Klein. Uh, yeah. I, I think Nels Klein is is an amazing fucking guitarist. Just mm. will do shit that blows my mind. But it serves the songs that he's playing in. Um, right. it's, it's not a part from the song that he's playing in. It's, 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 it's part of the whole. And I can, I can go, you know, Wilco is almost like my, is like my dad. You know, I can go to Wilco mm-hmm. concert after Wilco concert 
and um, it you know it 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 makes my heart feel things every time, um, yeah. and I, in a way that that like DMB never has. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because probably on a lyrical level, you connect more with the existential sadness and the poetry that's Jeff Tweedy than you yeah. would about. Um, you know, Dave Matthews goofing on uh, ants marching and eating too much. Um, well, but I, I mean, I, it's it, you, even like uh, Impossible Germany has one of my yeah. f- my favorite guitar solos of all time. And, As it should be. you know, that's that's a song that's not super deep, lyrically speaking, mm-hmm. um, you know, but there's it still manages to to hit me in a way that that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I I. I, I feel something um, listening to it. I have an emotional response. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, I, I, I can't, it didn't hit me. Like, I guess for me, I don't connect with Dave Matthews on any lyrical level, though. I do enjoy, I did kind of like the show that we, I, the last show I saw, I've seen him twice. It's, he's fine. Um, I've seen there are some jam bands from here that I've really enjoyed. Um, heard, um, when I saw the dead, uh, Dan company a few years ago, um, I just was blown away. Um, and I've seen Lush too, and I've I, I thought Lush was great because it was like, um, he was playing with his kid, and that to see the joy that brought. Um, I really connected with that. Mm. I think I connect more like in the live space than I, the day I can connect with lyrically. Definitely Wilco um, on like a intense level. There's something about, and maybe it's because Tweety is, you know, got that Midwest vibe that I can just connect with. Sure. Um, so, um, I, so, um, that's Jam Band Corner. <laughs> you dyed your hair. I did. After I broke up with Jason, I researched how humans cope with relationships ending, and number eight on the list was doing something dumb with your hair. Number 42 was Watch Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, so I did that too. It was okay. It's just a lot of the same songs as the first one. But hopefully diving back into work was also high on that list because we need to help John. And I know how. All right, so the reason why I had pushed that aside um, is um, I wanted to ask you um, how have you, what's the what's high on your list of getting over an ex? Well, I I actually this is this is my note actually. Uh, also, it was <laughs> Janet's hair. What's the worst slash craziest thing you've done to get over someone after breaking up with them? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we host the show together. I, I've never taken any big swings. I've never, I've never dyed my hair. I've not like done anything crazy. I, I haven't shaved my head. I haven't, uh, I haven't gone out and gotten a tattoo. I haven't uh, done. I don't know. I don't think that when you're, you're, uh, when you're in an emotionally fragile state like that, that it's the good time to go make big decisions that might, uh, <laughs> that might uh, leave a lasting mark. <laughs> Wise. <laughs> Oh, um, what about you? What have you done? Oh, uh, you know, I really wasn't thinking about how this applied to me. 
Um, well, yeah, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's wise because one of us is single. Um, <laughs> so maybe we'll just spare you from answering that question. No, but I've done. I, I in college, I dyed my hair before. Like I've done a Janet. Um, Was that in I, response to a relationship? I don't remember why. I I did things just and just to be just because I was out of my parents' house and I could do whatever the F I wanted. <laughs> um, um, so you could say it was in response to breaking up with um, living in my parents' house. Um, I probably had a lot to do with it, finding who I was, uh, who I was alone, who I was Sans parents <laughs> uh, in college. I, you know, um, maybe I just, I, I don't have... Uh... In some regards, I just don't have a, 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 a you know, big emotional responses that come to mind uh, post breakup. Usually, when I'm I'm living by myself again, my first thing is like, oh, this is great. I can just sit around in my pajama bottoms all day and uh, yeah. watch whatever the fuck I want. So, um, I, I yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I did after. Uh, like one of my responses after after a breakup was to to sit around uh listening to Jeff Tweedy and crying so it's mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and uh, you know or or uh, in another instance to to um to pull out the guitar and and play a bunch of of songs from Tunnel of Love uh you know so <laughs> um my I, I the uh it doesn't. I guess it doesn't occur to me to do. Uh, so you're trying to find some, to to, to um, paraphrase the verb, the verve. Um, you're trying to find some songs that uh, recognize the pain in. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's it's uh, it, it. It just you know go into a, a dark place and have a sort of uh, existential crisis for a little while. Once after a few about a month or so after a breakup, I just I was living in Milwaukee at the time, and I thought I'm going to drive to Minneapolis from Milwaukee just to do it. Had no plan in mind. I did it. Um, <laughs> realized I'd never crossed the Mississippi River in all my life <laughs> um, at that at that time, uh, and yeah. Um, so I did, and you could even argue that, I mean, after I got divorced, um, I mean, I uh, there was really nothing keeping me. I, I was dating a girl at the time, but it was like there was nothing keeping me in Illinois. So I said, oh, I'm just gonna move to the Phoenix. <laughs> uh, and so it could just be that could be a big reason for you know that too there's nothing keeping me here i'm just gonna um, apply for this job in phoenix and see what happens yeah so um, i don't know this yeah, this has been sad bastard corner um <laughs> <laughs> um one thing i've never done is i've never watched mama mia or mama mia here i go again though i have yeah, seen I've, one I've, of those movies ABBA is one of those bands that again I can I can respect some of the the songs but uh, uh, that's never been a never never had uh, much connection to them so yeah 
I, I mean, you could say that I stopped watching movies like that because I did get divorced. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, now I can watch the sad bastard crap that I typically enjoy. <laughs> we need your help with something very important. Are you sure? I'm probably just going to mess it up just like I mess things up with Janet. Dude... Helping to save humanity is as good a way as any to get over a breakup. I mean, it's not like Janet has a car you can key or a house you can left eye Lopez. Okay. I'm in. I got your back, guys. Now hand me that jar. Are you speaking metaphorically? Okay, so that, of course, being where, for some reason, Jason hears that he they need him to open a jar of peanut butter for them. Um, oh, yeah. And you, you did catch the the left eye uh, Lopez. I did. Uh, that was, well, there are two things here. One, that clip was again at 420. I think that's two episodes in a row where, where we've, we've <laughs> needed to talk about something at 420. Uh, I, I, I'm looking at my notes and uh, you're the one who seems to pick the 420. Was I the um, one who did that last week too? I thought you were the 420 uh, last week. Anyway, that is no, no, no. Um, I, I'm looking at my notes and um, no, you are definitely the 420 guy. All right. Anyway, is there saying we? Is there saying you want to tell me? Uh, you know, there's a proposition on the ballot uh, that that would uh, legalize pot. Um, I, maybe maybe that's a subconscious thing. Um, yeah, there is. Um, so, um, which yes. I think uh, I. Well, I guess we can get into that for a sec. Just to say that people should research that pretty thoroughly. What attracts me what I should say attracted because I already filled out my ballot. But um, what attracted me to saying yes on that was that it would give the judicial system uh, power to overturn um, people who have been arrested and imprisoned for, uh, for marijuana related reasons. And I I think that's huge. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just, that's important. It's, it's 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 ridiculous that so many people that their lives have been uh, have been ruined by that. Um, anyway, so I had to look that left eye Lopez thing up because I I had missed that. <laughs> I knew it. Um, That's why I asked because <laughs> I knew you'd have to look it up. <laughs> did, well, you you knew about this. You knew what they were referring oh, no. to. Oh, yeah. I was a big TLC fan back in the day. Well, I mean, don't go chasing waterfalls, pal. I, 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 um, hey, I, it's I, okay that you, start, hey, it's a perfectly okay, Jared, that you have stuck to the rivers and lakes that you're used to. <laughs> <laughs> I, on the other hand, was always on the TLC tip. There, there are no scrubs here. Um, <laughs> did I get that right? Was that another. <laughs> No, you re- you really botched that. You really botched that reference. Did I? Damn. Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, I was I was certainly aware of them. I, I just that, again that wasn't uh, a big thing that I was interested in listening to. Um. But uh, apparently, in 1994, she uh, set fire to the home of then boyfriend Andre Ryzen of the Atlanta yes. Falcons. That's yes. That's, she was. Uh, yeah. She. Um, she definitely did a waiting to exhale uh, thing where she decided to blow, um, blow something up uh, from of her man. So, a waiting to exhale. I think it's, I think it's either Whitney Houston or Angela Bassett who sets fire to her ex's car, mm. uh, and then um, Lisa Lopez, 
uh, Lopez uh, set fire to her to her husband's house. Um, yeah, which is I, I I've not actually seen Waiting to Exhale. Um, it's all right. Um, so it's good. I, I it's just you know as I as I often say, not for me. Uh, because not because of more because uh, I'm that's a just dude. a subject matter that I've yeah. never you know needed to yeah. so see a film about I guess and the remaining members of Fifth Harmony at the Dolce & Gabbana Spring Show. Hate him, loathe her, over them, cancel it, tell me everything. So Natalie Portman does all of Scarlett Johansson's stunts? Why? For the power. Just to say she can. Uh, sure, I get that. <laughs> oh, Tahani, I feel amazing. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Hey, you know what would give you an even more luminous glow? It was this sort of inner treat. So the reason why I picked this one because all the hot goss sure. was so very specific and British. <laughs> um, like Robbie Williams, um, Fifth Harmony, like it's all Heidi Klum, even to a degree. It's all very um, British pop culture that, again, uh, going back to our uh, previous clip where you had to look up the TLC um TLC reference. Um, I have a feeling you probably had to look up some some references here too. These I just kind of glossed over though, because it's just like when Tahani starts referencing things, I I'm just like, okay, this is Tahani speak. Um, so. Yeah, well, well, you are aware of Robbie Williams, right? Well, yeah. You mean okay. you know, one of the uh, one of the the founding members of uh, of uh, God damn it, what was that boy band? Um, all Take that. that. Take that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So not to mention a perfectly wonderful solo career uh, all on his own. I, um, I haven't listened to a single uh, a, a single Robbie Williams track. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, there's he's one huge he over did. there, though. Oh, he's and I think it will well, be either his probably his second album in England. They combined his first two in America. There's a song that they take their take the um, string riff from the only you only love twice theme, oh, um, and just loop it and make it like this really good pop song. It's kind of the reason why I really liked him, and he's just you know really great. Um, but I, I've kind of lost track on Robbie Williams again. Um, once again, happy to educate you on. All things nineties hip hop and um, Brit pop. Um, hey, I, I know primary... some nineties Brit pop. I, you know, yeah. it's, uh, admittedly, I, I, my listening is is pretty limited to to Blur. Um, I, no, but I I, I, I watched the uh, Blur Oasis rivalry in the nineties. But I see Brit pop and Brit rock are two different things, dude. Yeah. Like, Brit pop would be Robbie Williams and Kylie Minogue. Brit rock would be your Oasis, your, uh, you know, your Verve. No, they definitely qualified then as uh, they were, they were like, uh, you know, them and Pulp and and that, you know, that that wave of bands was included under the umbra of, of Brit pop. 
Yeah, I no, I think um, I uh, I personally the verb, as just, you mentioned before. Yeah, I personally think Brit Pop and Brit Rock are two different things. Like Brit Pop would be the Spice Girls. Brit Rock would be uh, something else. Would be see when I when I think of pop music, rock <laughs> to me falls under that. Um, oh, I, I just think of the 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 broader definition of of popular music, not just like, not necessarily uh uh, uh what you call it a uh, uh you know genre specific like uh, bubblegum pop or mm-hmm. synth pop or stuff like that. To me, that all you know falls under. Oh, the because Robbie Williams is like Robbie Williams is clearly not rock music um gotcha i don't yeah but anyway that's you say tomato i say tomato <laughs> um sure <laughs> let's move on there have been okay we don't even have to play please we don't even have to play the clip we don't have to play this one no we don't because i i it's something that our listeners can't see but something i wanted to point out okay um so so obviously chi is stressing in his office because he's realized that you know jason is or jason is being gianni he, they were playing season one all over again right as part of teachy's teachy's chidi's torture um yes that's that's but my like made-up to... word teachy is the combination of torture and cheaty. um yeah. it, it's uh yeah so it's it's the uh it's it's the 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 reliving of that of 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 you know Jason slash Gianyu coming to to Chidi and and um uh you know letting him know that he doesn't belong there but there's something I would like to point out um that there are recycling bins in heaven okay <laughs> Chi has a recycling bin um I miss clearly that. not. I've watched this episode like not four times it. now. He's clearly not using it because I see cardboard pizza boxes all over the place. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, my my assumption of that is that he just hasn't had a a, a chance, uh, the opportunity to clean up uh, to clean up Jason's messy butthole. <laughs> <laughs> That's really why I wanted to point out that there's a recycling bin in heaven. Um, that is interesting. You'd think that, I mean, everything that, that in the good place, things would just, uh, well, first of all, there wouldn't be a need for that because they're not real necessarily, Mm -hmm. or or that they would just be, you know, recycled in some sort of magical way. That that is kind of interesting. And I'm surprised I didn't notice that. The things you used to write, frankly, were hurtful. What? Name one. I gained five pounds and you called me to hammy all the meals. I mean, that's just poetry. Well, you were so mean to Daniel Day-Lewis, he quit acting. Oh, I'm sorry. Was he living in character as a man who thought he could pull off bootcut jeans? You know what? I see what this is. This has been a fake friendship. This whole week has just been a wind-up to a sucker punch. No, it hasn't. I just want you to recognize that your blog hurt people. Do you have a chance to be better here? Excuse me? You're telling me? To be better? While you were gallivanting around with your fancy friends, I lived in the real world, so I had bills to pay. I worked 16 hours a day by myself, building a site with millions of readers. You're the one with issues, sweetheart. If you spot it, you got it. Whoosh! 
that's another deuce for the gossip toilet. <sighs> Hello and welcome. <laughs> um, did you pick this one too? No, that was you. That's all you, my okay. friend. Uh, but it did okay, just occur so, to me, I guess because I'm, I, I don't visit those sites very often, but I do know one name associated with them. So, so is John supposed to be like the stand-in for Perez Hilton? I think our, our Nikki Swift or uh, something of the like, yeah. Okay. Like he, um, and, and he is clearly um, – what struck me about what she was saying is that this clearly resembles one um, – I'm going to pronounce – Screw it up, but Jamil, uh, the um, the oh. actress, um, he plays Sonny Jamil. Oh, Jamila, uh, Jamila, Jamil. Yeah, yeah. Like it, clearly, this monologue Jamil, resembles Jamil. one of her. Her her monologue definitely represents one of her many of her Instagram posts. Well, because her she's about body positivity and yeah, and she um, frequently she is putting the tabloids on blast. Gotcha. Um, because she is um, like they're obviously not very truthful uh, um, in the way John uh, John has mm-hmm. uh, in his life, um, and I, I just felt that was important to point out that um, this stage of Tahani's character development, um, it's art is imitating life. It wasn't to highlight the uh, the to hand me all the meals. <laughs> um, no, I, it, <laughs> that was a pretty good pun. But <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought that was pretty. I um, I, I did enjoy the um, that it was John was the reason why Daniel Day Lewis quit acting. I thought that, yeah. yeah, I thought that was pretty funny too because of the because of his boot cut jeans and <laughs> that's a reference that I didn't get. I, I didn't realize that Daniel Day Lewis had a thing for boot cut jeans. I, n- neither did I, but um, <laughs> but the fact that that's the reason Daniel Day Lewis quit is pretty funny. Yeah. Um. Well, and it's it's interesting. It's an interesting viewpoint too, right? Because mm. I think people like John, uh, you know, feel pretty proud of what they've done. And to be perfectly like to to look at from John's point of view, he did that all on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, no one helped him do it. Do I think it's like the morally best way to live your life? No, well, no, clearly not. I mean, it's it's making a it's it's making a living or a a following out of uh, out mm. of tearing other people down. Yeah, um, um, it would definitely be something that um, anything to it would definitely be something that Mark Marin would not approve of because <laughs> it's hurting other people. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Use use whatever means at your disposal to maintain your sanity without hurting yourself or others. Yeah, um, too close. Too close. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, this is your timestamp, but I wanted to talk about this too. Oh, I think I saw that that this was your timestamp, so I didn't have to to make one because he wanted to help me, his friend who loves motorcycles, and Canadian TV actress Pamela Anderson. Thanks, John. You and now I will ride it away. Can't wait to cruise the streets in this bad boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now we're cooking with gas. Well, this was a 
huge success. Katie's an absolute mess. Oh, we should pop open some champagne. Call those magic ants. He's clearly being tested like never before. Yeah, and now we need to ramp up the pressure. Eleanor, he told an outright lie. We don't want him so freaked out that he can't help anyone else. I think we did enough for the day. No way, dude. We can't stop now. We have to push him to the edge. We have to knead his fragile psyche until he's hyperventilating and losing his mind. Hi. Guys, um, hey, can we talk? Yeah. I need to tell you a secret. I, I can't. No, no, hey, guys, guys, not now. Um, I think we missed the part that I actually wanted to highlight. Um, Which was not the, have... the Pam Anderson. Uh, uh, well, no, I mean, that. That was great, um, but I'm going to – there's a point where there's a reference to the giving tree here. Um, bear with me for a moment. We have an exciting activity planned for all of you. You have all been given a magic lava stone. When you throw them into the bonfire, you will receive whatever your soul most desires. Step right up, Matilda. Give it a toss. <laughs> My childhood pet, Shell Turtle Steve. Oh. <laughs> Shell Turtle Steve. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I just want to take a moment. Um, there, I mean, there's a lot to discuss in this, the whole entire scene, whether or not, whether it's the Pam Anderson motorcycle. Um, uh, well, there's like two things actually. So I, I want to take a moment to point out the irony of a woman naming her beloved childhood pet um, after the author who, who wrote the saddest childhood book ever written. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be The Giving Tree. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, which um, apparently they, um, with my, uh, they read to my oldest kid at school this week. Oh, really? He, oh, yeah. And he hated it. Really? <laughs> well, he and like, there's no color in these pictures, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, um, and I'm like, um, but didn't you think the book was sad? Like, um, like, didn't you think it was sad that the boy gave nothing to the tree? And, like, it just took from the tree? And he says... But that's what made the tree happy, Daddy. <laughs> I was giving and giving and giving. I'm like, touche, Beckett, touche. <laughs> um, but until until it's too much, until there's yeah. it's it, it, they've given all they can and it's not enough. Yeah, um, until he's just a stump, and then the stump is enough. <laughs> I. I I could not, um, for the first two years of my son's life, I could not read that book without bawling. Um, it's just such a sad, sad, sad book. Um, it is. I but, mean, I, 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 I haven't revisited it. I haven't had, you know, not having children of my own, I haven't had any need to revisit it since I was a child. So admittedly, yeah. it's been 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30 plus years, for I suppose. The, yeah. For the longest time, though, um, whenever I've been invited to 
birthday parties of children. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't give that book uh, to children for fear of making their lives sad and horrible. Really? Um, no, but I do usually um, give or the sidewalk ends or a light in the attic um, as a gift hmm. uh, to children. So their lives are, are filled with happiness and poems about not taking the garbage out. <laughs> um, and um, things of that nature, because that um, those poems make me happy because they're silly. Um, sure. And, but um, poem, uh, books about uh, trees giving their lives to so a white old guy can make a boat um those i our house those i those i don't those make me sad <laughs> like that should have been the giving tree mm. <laughs> oh the boy and the boy was like you need a friend tree <laughs> but then it would have gotten I the will point across no it would it, no it would have been a conservation message it would have said you've given something to me, I will give you something in return. So here's a, here's a, um, here's a friend who will, um, who um, other children can climb upon. And, but instead, you know, Shel Silverstein, reduce my carbon footprint. (laughs) Yeah. Instead, Shel Silverstein decided to highlight how awful people are, Mm -hmm. you know, which is an important lesson to learn when you're young. Yeah, it's true. And so, yeah, point taken. <laughs> so, oh, but and obviously, but it was pretty funny that my um my my son was like, oh, Dad, that's what made the tree happy. <laughs> <laughs> like um, you were paying attention, sort of. Essential <laughs> <a> little shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Good luck on your 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 uh, lifelong, uh, uh, you know, just giving your son everything and and having them not uh, think it's uh, it's wrong. <laughs> I'm the tree. I'm the tree. <laughs> yeah, you're the tree. <laughs> and one day he will sit on my stump and be sad. <laughs> oh, that got dark. <laughs> Have we met? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's silly. This is the good place. You two would never do anything to hurt anyone. But I am seriously worried that I did something wrong. And this is the universe getting back at me. Oh, no. Wow, wait, what's what's happening now? Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, I, I'm, I made God cry? Oh, stomach ache. Welcome back, old friend. I can't believe, John, the man who once started a protracted Twitter feud with Jacob Tremblay thinks that I'm... Oh, so I forgot to point out the other thing, and then we can go to the reason why I had that scene point out. Um, so going back to things that I had to look up, since we were talking about how you don't know about TLC and Britpop, mm-hmm. um, did you know Pam Anderson was Canadian? I actually I had no idea. <laughs> So that's something I did not know uh, until this episode. And then I slightly embarrassed that Pam Anderson's Wikipedia page was in my search history. Um, <laughs> I, I really should have gotten to private mode for that. Um, there, but there, there are worse things no involved with, with, with Pam Anderson that could have been in your search history. So, 
True. Um, but um, and the fact that Chi knows it, um, <laughs> yeah, like um, I thought was um, was pretty funny. Um, but the scene that we just watched um, about um, it's kind of sad that him, neither of us had the uh, the exploding motorcycle in there. Yeah. It's true. Um, it was just a great, uh, you know. It's it's not super important, but it was just a fun, you know, callback for with Jason being like, "Oh, not again." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there, there was a very real moment here um, where Chidi says, "Oh, I made God cry." Yeah. Like that's literally how I feel whenever I do anything wrong. <laughs> That you made God cry? I think you're giving yeah, I, yourself a, a little bit more, uh, a, a bigger standing in the universe than... Uh, well, not just God, like... That you, that you let somebody down or that... Uh, I always feel like I... Le- it's... I Not to get real here, but I'm going to get real here for a second. I, sometimes when I get terribly depressed, um, which happens a lot more now, thanks COVID, um... <laughs> Like you do, and like you don't. Maybe it's you forgot to pick up milk, or you didn't get the right kind of <laughs> like potato chips, or um, you forgot to, you know, or something else. Um, you you do feel like you're letting people down, um, and maybe it's just because Mormons are raised that they're trying to reach perfection and. Yeah, or something, but you do feel like you let people down, and I kind of felt like she here in this moment, like I feel like I'm being when something goes wrong, you do feel like you're being punished, and then when you don't live up to expectations, then you feel like you're making you're disappointing people, um, almost to the point where you're being annoying (laughs) sometimes. Oh, Uh, yeah, so. Um, you gotta but, let yourself off the hook. What's that? I said you gotta let yourself off the hook. Well, that's the thing is like I I try to let myself off the hook. I and I I don't. I, I'm sure uh, I'm not the only one who feels this way. Uh, no, like, certainly. But to you know, I this you got to put things in perspective. I, and it's not something that's easy to get to. It's just like what's the worst thing that's going to happen. You know, yeah. Somebody's disappointed they didn't that you you didn't get milk. I you know, it's I I completely understand. I say this as mm. as being somebody who felt for a long time that I, I was just constantly disappointing people, mm-hmm. and you know that it's just feeling bad all the time. And yeah. you know, I, I I I don't know. It's 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 not something that's easy to overcome. But at some point, hopefully, you can get to the place where you realize mm. that it's going to be okay. You know, and <clears throat> it's there. There, you know, it's it, it's it's not going to be the end of the world if if you don't get everything exactly right. You know, or if or if you if you miss something here or there. Mm-hmm. And I, and then I tell us talking about like forgetting to pick up milk at the Target, like it gets bigger. Th- like I don't, um, as someone who, uh, uh, you know, doesn't feel he has a lot to offer, you know, the other than humor and some words. And, and I just like, I got to offer something. So I just try to hopefully offer 
you know, perfection and uh, a need to you know, really good getting, <laughs> hope getting things done. So if I fall short, like it just, it feels like you're disappointing people. And I, uh, I just really related to Chi at that moment. And of course it's like of his control. He doesn't know he's being manipulated by everyone. <laughs> to, right. Well, and ultimately so, that's, that's what breaks Eleanor down is that, mm-hmm. um, is, is that she knows that she's driven him to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really relate to Chi here at this moment. Gotcha. Um, and, a bit, but um, <laughs> it was a good one. <laughs> so, sorry, enough about me. <laughs> the one with issues? Ugh, maybe you need to be even more direct with him, like punch him in the face. I don't know. I'm fired up. You've just been very nice to him, and I don't like the way he's treating you. Maybe it's not possible. We're just too different. He spent his life in the bowels of the internet, jealous and... This wasn't the main reason that I pulled up the uh, the the uh, this particular clip, but um, I gotta say I really like the the pink streaks in Janet's hair. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a little edgy um, without you know. It's yeah, it's it's it spices up Janet. It's it, I, I don't know. It's it it looks you're, really cool. I like the. You're uh, my lady attracted to Janet right now, aren't you? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot about the, no the type friend. of gals that you go for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I spent my life in the upper echelon of society. Jealous and miserable with no real friends. Oh, Janet, I've been going about this all wrong. Exactly. Here you go. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, <I'm not>. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I I do like that that Janet uh, you know looking out for Tahani kind of thing, um, but I, I just thought that was a well done part with the realization crossing Tahani's face that she and and John are kind of two sides of the same coin, um, yeah, and that that kind of isolated feeling, um, you know the, um, I don't know that what is that like FOMO or something like that? I, it, yeah. Um, the fear this is about fear of missing out yeah or that yeah i mean that that you that you put yourself into this position basically where where um uh where you miss out where you actually do miss out on things because you're you're um you know you're you end up isolating yourself mm-hmm. that was all I thought that was an important, important point for both. It's a big step forward. Yeah. Hey, Jason. New plan. Instead of just trying to not get caught, we're going to study ethics. I'm going to help you become a good person. Oh, dope. I always want to get better. That's why I spend so much of my time at the free clinic. (laughs) So... The, the reason I wanted to discuss the visual gag of what Jason was doing, um, and that's that's the only reason that I pulled that that clip. It leads into what you wanted to talk about anyway, so we'll get back to it in a second. But mm-hmm. the fact that Jason is he's essentially playing air guitar because it's a fucking guitar hero controller. He's just making guitar noises as he 
as he's <laughs> holding this controller. Because uh, he, he's not playing the game. You know, there's, there's nothing on the TV screen, so mm-hmm. he's not playing the game. He's just standing around, you know... <laughs> Yeah, I I, I, I I feel like it actually says something slightly deeper about, um, you know, who Jason is as a character, because, you know, who hasn't played air guitar to, uh, to, to something that they're listening to, but he's not listening to anything. He's not listening no. to music. He's not playing Guitar Hero. He's just standing there pretending he's playing guitar with a Guitar Hero controller. Yeah. Um. Is Guitar Hero even a thing anymore? Oh, I don't know. No. Well, you have an Xbox, right? Uh, yeah, but I don't... I mean, I remember... I, I, I did play Guitar Hero a little bit a long time ago, but it's... Um, I don't know. It's not something I don't even that... know what. I don't even know what the kids... Other than Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. I don't even know what the kids are playing anymore. You're you're talking to the wrong person about that. I have no idea. I I have I'm sure uh, what, markedly less idea than you do about it. What do you want to play on your Xbox then? Uh, you know I have I have just a, a handful of games, and I don't I don't spend a lot of time playing at all. Right now, my Xbox gets used mostly for HBO Max. Um, oh, and uh, uh, I play. Um, I play this game called Portal 2, which is actually an older game. Um, right, which we've discussed. Yeah, and uh, I, I got a couple of other games that were, were kind of like story games. Um, I, I, I haven't really found anything that I've enjoyed as much as Portal 2. So, I, yeah. I, I, you know, at this point it was kind of, uh, I don't know, I'm still looking for what kind of video games I like. And the th- part of it is probably, too, that I, I didn't really grow up playing video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so I haven't, I haven't spent a lot of time with it. It was just kind of like, well, you know, I'm spending a lot of time here at home on my own. It seems like I need some other form of, you know, winding down and, and, uh, something to distract me. Um, mm-hmm. and I just haven't really found what that is for me yet. So well, if you have suggestions. Well, I mean, you should go blockbuster and run a few games. <laughs> Yeah, I'll get in my time machine and go back about twenty years and find my <laughs> my nearest, you know, my nearest uh, uh, blockbuster. I well, they know. have is, like a, is GameFly still a thing? Wasn't that like the, I think so? Wasn't I was, was going to say Netflix like, version of video games. Um, yeah, I think they have that still. So just I don't try some stuff game. out. Yeah, or yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you do, Jared. So. <laughs> I don't know either. That's the that's the problem. So we did we I think I mentioned briefly that I had sort of um I had listened to um uh a episode of the Gilmore guys that that Jason Mansukis was on and how he, he had yeah. talked about that he had started keeping a sort of, you know, cultural consumption uh, diary uh, after having read the one that Steven Soderbergh um, was keeping. So yeah, I, I've, 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 I've seen Soderbergh's. I have uh, started keeping my own. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm actually going to put that on my website um, as, you know, I, I, I've been, you know, so basically since the beginning of October, I've, I've been keeping uh, track of, 
of all the podcasts that I've been listening to, the books that I'm reading, um, the you know whatever I'm watching TV and and film wise, listening to music wise. Uh, so you, once I put that on there, you can you you'll you'll be able to see exactly what I what I uh, quote unquote do uh, as as you put it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of eye opening for me too because it's like well you know what what do I what uh, how how do I spend my time um, and it's 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 kind of it's sort of it's interesting uh, and in some ways depressing at the same time it's like wow I spend a I spend a lot of time um, sitting back and watching really, episodes of Parenthood if I was really honest about how I spend my uh, pop culture time it'll be filled with episodes of um pj masks uh, <laughs> the new obsession is fireman sam uh which is an awful 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 show oh just don't even get me started if so if my kids knew what i gave up so they could be entertained <laughs> um yeah, at least I don't have that. Uh, my 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 uh, my watch I'll list is. Put on, I'll occasionally put on Letterbox that I watch this kids movie or something, uh, just for funsies. <laughs> for funsies. Um, well, yeah, because I know I know you'll be paying attention. I know Brie pays attention. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, and um. My son is now obsessed with uh, Beckett's obsessed with um, the Adams Family, the cartoon that they did last year, uh, which actually isn't half bad. Uh, so, where do, where does it fall on the spectrum of the uh, of the live action films and the and the uh, the original TV show? It's in the middle. Yeah, yeah. The um, the let's not be like normal suburbanites, um, but also. Here's um, it's more akin to actually Adam's original artwork. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, than anything, and um, there is a pseudo bar mitzvah that happens uh, at the end. Um, huh. That culminates to um, so um, if anything, the movie is um, more Jewish than I expected, um, in a good way, <laughs> I guess. Um. I know. I, 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 he, he was watching it this morning, and it's kind of, um, and there, it's like this sword fighting type thing. So he learns to protect the family, uh, Pugsley, and uh. um, I said to Kristen, like, this is the closest thing to a bar mitzvah that I'm ever gonna. <laughs> like he's becoming a man. Well, that's a bar mitzvah then. <laughs> Yeah, bar mitzvah. Um, so but, bar mitzvah for for boys, bat mitzvah for for girls. Well, see, that's why I'm very bad at this. Um, that's why I'm bad being Jewish. Yeah, as a relapsed Mormon, you're you're a terrible Jew. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you bet. <laughs> Anytime. Let's let's wrap this up. This is our this yeah. is our last timestamp. Compliment. And I'm sorry, your actual motorcycle blew up. Oh, that's okay, homie. That's just what motorcycles do. <laughs> so, Chidi's set with Jason now. How are you doing? 
A little better, but still terrible. You were torturing him because that's what we had to do. I know. But I went too far. And what's worse, I liked it. Because I'm angry at him for leaving me. Which isn't even remotely fair because he sacrificed himself for us, but I'm still angry he abandoned me. Which makes me feel guilty. Which makes me angry. Which makes me want to talk to Chidi because he's the person I go to when I'm angry. So, it's a real fun cycle. I still don't have a grip on the human emotional spectrum. You guys are often happy. So, the, I don't know if you wanted to continue, but... Um, no, that's fine. But the reason I even pointed this, this last one out is because Eleanor is definitely on stage two of grief, uh, anger. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe it's even something bigger than that. Uh, you know, I hadn't even thought about it that way, and yeah. that, I think that's a really interesting angle to to examine it from. Because essentially, I mean, the Chidi she knows currently, at least, you know, for all intents and purposes, that the Chidi she knows is lost, is 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 mm -hmm. dead, um, mm -hmm. and so she is. You know, she's having to to cope with that and go through those stages while Chidi is there alive and breathing. Yeah. And it's someone pointed this out to me like a few weeks ago. I just, um, you know, just because I had lost my job, um, through no fault of my own. Like, it, it, like it's not as monumental, I guess, maybe as someone passing away, but, like losing a job like that, saying that I have worked for towards all my life, and 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 losing it through no fault of my own, um, like it is grief, and I have to go through some stages. And I, yeah, um, you had it taken away from you. It's yeah. yeah, like just having someone, um, like, and though this is like you know, do you do you think that you're currently in the anger portion of that? Oh, I'm I'm something. <laughs> 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 it doesn't help. I, I had noticed those couple of posts that you had about people reaching out to you about it, um, though you're what to yeah. to get contacts well, from you for a job you don't have anymore. Yeah, um, people who should know better. Yeah, that's bullshit. That's what it wasn't. That didn't so much make me mad. I'm always happy to help. Um, uh, swish, but it's from people who know better, hmm. who know that I no longer hold that job. And didn't bother to do a Google search, oh, um, or look up the um, about us page on the New Times website about who they should contact. Um, that's what bothered me. That's what made me upset. It's just more than anything. It's you know better. Yeah. Um, to to bother me about this. <laughs> um. <laughs> um <laughs> And we can talk off mic about some other things too. <laughs> um, that, um, but um, no, I, I, I'm. I occasionally go back to anger, um, but I'm kind of on my way to acceptance. I, I think, um, as the great Nick Lowe puts it, um, the bygones won't go. <laughs> oh, that's such a great song. Yeah, I know. So I. I I still occasionally have to deal with the bygones. Um, and I think once I move on 
once I find something to move on to, I think that's the problem. Like I haven't found something to move on to, to just accept. Well, I mean, I, you know, I get that. I wish you would consider like some of the really cool shit that you're doing that you've done since. I I mean, think of all the people you've gotten Mm -hmm. to talk to for that story that you're working on that you can't talk about yet. And then yeah. the stuff that you can talk about, like you just, you know, you got an interview with uh, with Jim Atkins in Phoenix Magazine. Yeah. It's true. It's um, on newsstands next week. <laughs> I figured I'd give oh. you the chance to plug that. Um, yeah, thank you. No, yeah. and no, and it's, I want to, that's the thing is that I'm kind of like Eleanor in this moment um, where something will happen and then I'll get angry again and then I'll move on. And like, but the, it's the bygones, it's the bygones won't go. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I want to move on and I'm, I'm just, and whenever I feel like I am, then something like reminds me that, Oh yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. Or that I, this job that I've worked, worked for, for so long, you know, but I'm since I'm not grateful for the cool things that have happened. I have achieved some goals in this dumpster fire of a <laughs> of a year. Yeah, um, that um, um, that I'm not like so consumed by anger that I don't realize that I've been had some really good and awesome things happen to me, and I am there for my family right now. Um while doing these things, but, um, uh, it's part of a bigger story that doesn't need to be highlighted in this comedic podcast. (laughs) Well, I, you know, since, since you're encapsulating some things that are going on with you in a Nick Lowe song, I thought I would take a turn and do the same, uh, because where, where you, uh, where, um, you're in that bygones won't go. Uh, I I'm in that, uh, lately I've let things slide. Um, <laughs> yeah, per- I'm that per- way too, man. <laughs> per- I, I, and I love this verse, probably one of my favorite verses that, um, Nick Lowe has ever written. And he's written some amazing ones, but that untouched takeaway I brought home the other day has quite a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> the evidence is clear. Only resign piled high and wide about how lately I've let things slide. Um, um, yeah, I feel like I'm in yeah. the, uh, lately I've let things slide phase. So, um, um, you go in the laundry and you find the cleanest shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that one too. I go to the bin, I throw the laundry in and pick out the cleanest shirt yeah, and tell sure. myself again, I don't really hurt. <laughs> Just, yeah, um, yeah. Fucking Nick Lowe, man. He, yeah, he's, um, that guy can write a fucking tune. Oh, he's so witty. Um, that's, uh, and I, I know I've told the story on Twitter, but I did, uh, I did get to see him in a small, in a small club, um, on that tour, uh, for the convincer. Um, oh man. <laughs> um, with Durant Wakens, uh, doing slide guitar, <laughs> um, and that was just, um, I can't just, it's a moment I'm never going to forget. Um, 
and just to hang out with them a little bit afterwards, you know, was just really cool. Um, I mean, has club. anybody had like a better second, you know, act to their career than he has? No, I don't think so. I literally do not. Um, because you know, a, a lot of people, you know, I don't know, they're they're pretty consistent. I'm I'm really loving. I I think that some of the new Elvis Costello songs that have come out, you know, from the new album are some of the best he's ever done. But well, it, as far as consistency you, goes, to to go from that that you know like pub rock slash punk slash new wave era, you know, in the late seventies into the eighties that Nick Lowe had, to kind of having you know like a, a mid period that a lot of people didn't pay attention to. And then, you know, which has its, its, you know, its, its high points, but basically starting with The Impossible Bird, he hasn't put out a bad album since. No, and, and well, he's never really put out a bad album, period. No, I mean, no, but, but, you know, having kind of segued into more of that, you know, that kind of, uh, that kind of like crooner style, um, mm-hmm. that kind of classy, uh, almost torch song kind of, of of uh you know stuff that he's he's put out since then i i, I really you know it's he he really had a, a renaissance that's just kind of kept going as far as his his creative output goes i i think i think the difference between him and costello like none of them have really dipped in quality i mean elvis will occasionally do a genre exercise to impress Diana. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and to, you know, varying degrees of success. Well, anyone's ever, Are you saying you don't love in, North? Not saying it's, it's, it's generally not first on my, uh, on, on top five Elvis Castell albums. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's not. Um, but, but what I'm saying is though, is that um, I, I think the difference between Elvis and Nick is that Elvis has always been part of the conversation. Sure. Of some conversation somewhere for at least 40, 50 years now. Yeah. Or 40 years. Um, whereas Nick has always just been kind of like Nick's, I has never is silent and put silent has silently put out good work. Um, but um, well, he's somebody who who he's, made... he's he's managed to get himself back in the conversation again. Sure, um, I think people have recognized that he's um, he's equally as good, if not better, in some areas than Elvis. Um, he, he made the a way conscious he can turn dis- a fr- Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I mean, but he's he's made he made a conscious decision around that time, around the time the Impossible Bird came out, where it's like. He's like, I don't want to be, you know, this like guy in my 60s and 70s trying to be up there on stage doing the same stuff that I was doing in my 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, and adjusted accordingly. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. aged very gracefully. Mm-hmm. I, and, and that trio of albums, uh, the, of, of The Impossible Bird and Dig My Mood and The Convincer, mm-hmm. is really seriously one of like the greatest you know, album sequences anybody's ever done. No, you're absolutely right. Um, and I think part of what has, brought his, what has brought him back to the conversation is because of those songs, like on Possible Bird, it was um, the one... Um, the, the Beast, Beast and, and Me. Me. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. That that has brought... that 
start perking up in ears. And then, I mean, he's done stuff with Wilco and, um, I mean, Yep Rock is really targeted him to an audience that, um, would dig his mood, uh, to, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I um, mean, you know, you want to talk about, about lyrics again. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes it tries to kid me that it's just a teddy bear and even somehow mm-hmm. managed to vanish in the air. And that is when I must be aware of the beast in me. It's in me. Yeah. yeah. That everybody knows that, uh, they've seen him out dressed in my clothes. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's such, I mean, damn. <laughs> yeah. And the giant cash version, uh, is really good too. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I, um, I just, and I, I think part of what even has freed him up is the fact that, um, he's made a significant amount of money from the bodyguard soundtrack. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks to uh, the inclusion of of what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding. Yeah, um, that he is able to live comfortably while doing what he wants to do. He doesn't have to. Cop he doesn't have to, to chase the hit. Yeah. Yeah. So no one's telling him. Uh, I don't hear a hit here, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so I think. Um, I think that's helped him out quite a bit. And I think that's what draws, I think the authenticity that he, that shows in those albums, even though he's not even remotely writing about himself in any way. Um, yeah. To a degree. Well, I mean, and um, as, as was, you know, that's uh, Mark uh, Marin keeps pointing, you know, every time he talks to a songwriter, he points to that discussion that he had with Nick Lowe about the beast and me because Nick Lowe's like, yeah, no, that's not me at all. It's just, it's just a story I wrote, basically. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's that one too. Um, I think it's off. I, it's off one of the ones off. Um, uh, it's, it's the same one I think Sense of Man's on. Um, but oh, we're clearly referencing at my age. Well, yeah, where he's clearly referencing as good as it gets. He's clearly. Jack Nicholson's character. He's clearly writing from the point of view of Jack Nicholson and as good as it gets. Right. Um, And I'm okay with that. (laughs) It's a good song. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) It's the, it's that what you make me want to be a better man. Yeah. 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 Well, he he clearly loves that line. um, And (laughs) yeah. Um, Well, and and this concludes our latest segment, uh, the low point. (laughs) (laughs) talking about low points and points about maybe that should be our next podcast our our nick low podcast (laughs) the low point um (laughs) and it just at that point it wouldn't even have to be uh strictly nick low we could also talk about rob low um (laughs) uh you know chad low sure chad low um We could talk about low main. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know. That's stretching it a bit, but you know, think, think on we're it. We're done. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's going to wrap it the up. The band low. Us. Oh yeah. Low. The Bowie album low. I think really to, 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 um, keep, keep on brand though. We, we would, we would have to, um, stick to things that were spelled L O W E. Yeah, that would be, that would be good. Which well, is, 
which is supremely limiting. But yeah, you know what? What uh, it's it, it would give us some confines to work in. Yeah. Um, anyway, oh, that's all I have. Uh, yeah, as far no, as I'm, go. I'm good. I, you know, all that's left for us to talk about is our, our, uh, you know, usual reminders at this, at, in this season to, uh, mm-hmm. to make sure that you are voting. Um, I know that there are, are a number of places, uh, in Arizona currently open, accepting, uh, early, early ballot returns and mm-hmm. early in-person voting. And starting next week, there are uh, a number of of additional locations that open up uh for just that purpose as well so make make sure to get out there and vote yep i mean as i uh, i i drove it was a 10 minute drive downtown uh to drop off my ballot it was safe it was easy um i know there are more opening up um and just do it vote Vote, yeah. chili babies. And also, you know, it's important to vote, but it's also important to research. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. enough people spend the time to actually look into, um, in, into, you know, you, you know which way you're, you pretty much know which way you're going to vote uh, party-wise, but, mm-hmm. you know, and and I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to preach anything about that, oh, but... I know what you're talking about, though. I spent at least an hour and a half researching like the, the court people. Exactly. Cause that's, I mean, that's, that's super important. I mean, you know, people that are on the, the, the you know, the uh, state Supreme and, and superior, you know, court benches. Um, I mean, yeah, that's is, important. It is. Uh, it's very important as, as is researching all the propositions. Um, don't, uh, don't skip that part over. That's a very important part of the test. Exactly. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and guess what? You know, eventually we do get judged. So, oh, <laughs> and also, uh, you know, if you haven't been paying attention, if if you've been living under a rock or something, uh, uh, you know, there's there's there are 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 recent spikes in 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 reported COVID cases. So mm-hmm. it's it's an, another important time to continue to remind you to mask the fork up, which yep. uh, you don't make your house the White House. And, and you can you can make your face wear the message too by um, by going to uh, Redbubble and and searching for uh, what uh, what the fork or or Hoot and Waddle or whatever, and you can buy yourself a mask the fork up mask. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Jared. Yeah. Do you put the link in the show notes? I do put the link in the show notes. Oh, Thank there you, you Jason, go. for that very unforced and natural <laughs> uh, plug for <laughs> for where you can find that link. Uh, and uh, and and that's all I got. I- I'm done, man. I'm still yeah. too. I'm I'm too wired by coffee at this point. We we gotta wrap Me it too. up. So I'm I'm good too. So uh, that, uh, it's my pleasure as always. Um, yeah. Likewise, and and uh, and and as always, take it sleazy, chili babies. Oh yeah. This has been a Hoon Waddle production. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not check out one of our other fine podcasts available from hootandwaddle.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any number of podcast apps. 
If you'd like to support Hoot and Waddle and get access to an exclusive member-only podcast, receive discounts on merch, and more, go to patreon.com forward slash Hoot and Waddle. Thank you.